The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Saturday, March 18th, 2023. Listeners, Please welcome fan favorite adult star, the 2022 XBiz Cam Awards and Urban X Awards nominee, Artemis. Welcome to the show, Artemis. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Glad to be here. here. (laughs) Yes, it's good to have you on. I'm so excited to pick your brain about your experiences in the business, things that you've done so far, your content. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Of Um, course. Well, let's start off. With uh, some, I always like to start off with unique stats. So, what's your height and weight? Oh, my height. Uh, right now, I'm currently uh, 195 pounds. I've been on a weight loss journey. I came down from 126. Um, I'm five nine. I'm not really that tall. I mean, you know, I'm short to most people, but five nine is my height. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yes. Wait, you said from 226 to 195. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, congrats. What's your ethnic background? Um, a lot of people think that I'm mixed, but I'm actually just like 100% black. I'm pretty sure there's probably something else in there mixed, but uh, my mom always told me, boy, you black. <laughs> there so, you go. You got to listen to your mama. <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? I am a Leo. The lion. Yes. And uh, how old are you? I am 33 years old. All right. Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? So I'm uh, from a very, very small town in New York, upstate. Well, it's kind of upstate. Everybody says it's upstate, but um, I'm, I'm from Mount Vernon, New York, right? Which is literally the edge of the Bronx. So you get out of the Bronx, and then you're in Mount Vernon, and then you go deeper into Westchester. So technically upstate New York, but I'm literally the border. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm right there. But uh, my home, my hometown is like four square miles, so everybody knows each other. It's pretty small. Let's talk about what life was like growing up for you. Oh, man. Life like growing up with me in terms of what? Cause just in general, what was Artemis like growing up? Oh, okay, that's a good question. Well, um, growing up, I was raised in a, um, a one-parent home, uh, just my mother, you know, by herself or whatever. Um, I had two siblings that lived with me anyway uh, through my mother because my father had a whole bunch of other kids. But... Um, yeah, uh, my sister really raised me more than my mother did because my mother would always work two jobs so that she could provide for us, and my sister was the one that really watched me and raised me. So I, call, so I always say I got two moms. <laughs> um, my personality as a child, I was very hyperactive. I have, um, I have ADHD, so I was diagnosed when I first started elementary school. And, yeah, I, I was on medication all the way up until middle school when I chose 
to no longer do the medication myself. And my mom was like, I approve. If you could find something to keep your focus, then go for it. And I found something to keep my focus at the time. It was drawing. So I used to draw, uh, watch anime. Anime influenced me to draw even more. You know, um, like I said, I was still hyperactive, obviously. So I was always running through school, full throttle, arms behind my back, Naruto stance. <laughs> I was one of the, I was one of the uncool kids. I was full throttle, like kid you not. And um, when I hit high school, growing up, when I hit high school, that's when um, I started to find what my true passion was, and I was dance. And that's when my, that's when I was really able to like harness and focus my ADHD because I put all my energy towards dance. So that right there, I took that to the next level. And yeah, that was my, that was my childhood dance all the way through high school, pretty much. Well, let's get into what's, what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry. You know, what was going on? Okay. Um, prior to the adult industry, this is, this is all right. So this is you're you're about to get technically this first backstory, because I've been giving I've been giving everybody the short end of the story. So I'm gonna give you the full story now. Um, everybody believes that I started uh, started doing uh, started being in the industry when I uh, 2019. Everybody thought I was, uh, that's when I started. But technically, I actually started in 2009 when I was 19 years old. Well, I'm not. When I was 2018, 2008, when I was 18 years old, I technically started when I was 18. I had just got out of high. I just just graduated high school. In the last two years of high school, I kept telling everybody like, I want to do porn. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a porn star. And obviously, you know, teachers, counselors, principals are all like, oh, well, why would you want to do that? Why do you keep saying that? How would you feel if your mother said, heard you say that? And I was like, I say it all the time, all the time. People think I'm kidding, but I really want to do it. And um, it got to a point where they was like, well, well, you know, that's not a real job. And I was just like, all right, cool. So what happened was I got out of school. And I was in a couple, several different relationships, and in each relationship, when I was when I was eighteen, each relationship, I would always ask like, "Hey, can we record? Like, you mind if we record? You don't have to put your face in it." And then some some of my exes was like, "No, nah, I don't care if my face is in." It. And some of them were like, "Yeah, we could do it with no face." And uh, back then, to get into the industry, I believe it was hard. Like really hard, I heard because you you there weren't any tube sites and stuff like that really, you know. Like there were sites, but nobody was monetizing from what I remember. And the only, your only bet of making it in the industry was getting recruited or reaching out to companies to see if a company would be like, yeah, we'll shoot you. So mind you, I live in New York and I don't know anybody. And I don't know what I'm doing. So I hit up a couple of different companies. I hit up a, a little place called Roughneck Magazine. Um, what well, I was the website was roughneckmagazine.com. And uh, Huey Love was the owner. And I think he had a, a, a couple of, I think it was like Hoodbang DVD. It was a couple of different uh, stuff that he had. But that, that was the only site that I could think of at the time. I reached out to West Coast Productions when they were still open. And, um... Yeah, and it's amazing because I even, I even still to this well not anymore obviously because the numbers no longer there. But I had the numbers at West Coast still, and um, I asked, I was hitting people up hoping to get calls back. I was 
take they was like, Well, we need pictures of da 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 and I had no problem, I'm like, yeah, I'll take a picture of my dick, da 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 da, send it, send full bodies, all of that and I wasn't getting picked up. So I was just starting to put the little videos that I was doing with my exes and my and the girls that I was sleeping around with when I was young, um, fucking during that age that, that age gap and whatever. And putting those videos up, they were getting views. But I was like, I'm getting views and getting recognition, but I'm not getting anywhere. Anywhere. So I uh I started on xhamster.com. And basically, uh, after two years of nothing, I was like, yeah, I give up. So uh, I'm 20 years old, said it's not going to work out. So I did the next best thing, and I pursued my main passion, which was dance. So from, from uh, 2010 all the way up until 2019, I was a dance instructor. Then 2019 came. The year, the the summer of 2019. This is this is before COVID, the pandemic. Nobody knew what was coming. Nobody knew what was about to happen. Everybody was living their lives happy. It was like before the Fire Nation attack. <laughs> um, I, I, me and my girlfriend at the time, uh, great relationship. We were happy. I had five different teaching jobs. I was making amazing money, and then. Life hits you sometimes in a different way, and it's just a test, I believe. You know, God was testing me at the time. But all my jobs basically ended up flopping except for one. One job, uh, one job they lost funding, so we had, they had to close. They had to close down. Um, another job, my boss was a tyrant, so I had to leave. I did not want to teach there anymore. Um, one job, they said that... Um, they said that me and my coworker, we had exchanged numbers. She, uh, because we had exchanged numbers, they said it was inappropriate, so they had to terminate us. Well, they terminated me, not her, which is weird, I, I find it, but we exchanged numbers. But um, there was that, and then the only job that I really did have left didn't start until the, end, until the beginning of the school year, which was September, October. Well, for Act, extra collect, act, activities and stuff like dance studios. So I had no job for an entire summer. I had a sports car that I was driving around that I still had to pay off the insurance on it, phone bills. I had all of this stuff, no money. So me and um, me and my ex-girlfriend at the time, she was like, didn't you used to do porn, like, you know, when you were younger or whatever? I was like, yeah, but I stopped because, you know, I didn't get anywhere. So what did I end up doing was um, she said, she said, well, how about we do videos together? And I thought about it, and I was just like, yo, there used to be a couple when I was younger named Rock and Shay. Yes. And they had a web, yeah, Rock and DMP. I'm bringing up names, <laughs> back, back. And I was like, yo, this couple was a light-skinned and a dark-skinned chick, and they lived, uh, they lived together, and they had cameras all over their house, and they didn't even, like, really edit anything. They just walk through the house about their daily day, and whenever he got horny, if he walked in the kitchen, he would just fuck her in the kitchen. Of course, they had set times for shows as well where they would just, like, you know, set up a bed full of oil and fucking the bed of oil and stuff. They had, like, they had times for stuff like that, but the majority of the time was just them fucking or whenever they felt like it on time. And I was like, you know what? It can work. So I started off as Art and K Triple X. It was me and my ex. And then um, we we saw we signed all of the paperwork and stuff. 
And um, after we signed up, we signed the paperwork. We did the releases. We signed up for Chatterbait. That was the first site that we signed up for. So we were, we were camming on Chatterbait. Then I decided to start making our own little videos, and I was going to clip them up and put them on Pornhub. Um, I made a Twitter and everything. And, you know, we were good. OnlyFans had, I don't know, OnlyFans was already out, but I didn't hear any buzz about OnlyFans uh, in the summer of, two, of uh, 2019. But I said, hey, there's a thing called OnlyFans. We could do that. So we tried that. And I also remember that I used to have, there was a girl that used to live in my neighborhood down the block from me. And she was very sexually open and, and, and sexually liberated, body positive. And uh, we used to talk, well, not on that type of level. She had a boyfriend, but we used to talk about stuff. And she was just like, yeah, you could buy my videos and stuff. And she sent me mini vids. And this was back when mini vids was like, like it was the bare minimum of what a, a website looked like. It was, I think, the original color was like white and blue too. And um, it, it was, it was. I was like, this is what people sell stuff on. All right, cool. So I ended up making a mini vids account. Um, but now that by then, you know, when I made the mini vids account in 2019, it looked better. So it was like, you know, the pink and the, the way it's set up now and whatnot. And I was like, okay, this looks a lot better than what I remember it looking like. So. I did mini vids, I did Pornhub, I went back to my ex-hamster, um, and when I went back to my ex-hamster, my views on there were ridiculously high, and I was just like, well, if my views are like that now still, then it shouldn't, the ex-hamster shouldn't be that hard of me to pick up and start monetizing on it, because it already has traction. So, did that, blah, 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 blah. I signed up for a whole bunch of sites and start. We were doing a little couple things here and there, here and there. Then we separated. We uh we broke up in October of the same year, and my ex asked me to take down all of our content. Now, obviously, we have the paperwork, and I don't have to take anything down. But obviously, you know, we separated, and I still love her, and I'm gonna respect her her decision. And I said, no problem, I'll take it down. So I took everything down, and I had to start over from scratch as a solo artist. 2020 came, boom, pandemic. That's when I had to really go hit the go- the ground full, full throttle. So yeah, that's how that's how I started. I I love it. I love the full story. And I will also say, well, first of all, thank you for you know giving the full full story. I really appreciate it. And second of all, all of the shout outs. From West Coast Productions to Rock and Shay, who I believe are still releasing content. Uh, just, yeah, that was a fantastic, fantastic journey. Okay. I, I love it. Very awesome. So, okay. Now let me ask you this. Because you did some stuff before, and then you kind of reinvented yourself as a solo creator... In general, though, like if someone were to ask you, well, technically I'm going to be the one that's going to ask you, but if someone asks you, mm-hmm. how long have you been in the industry, what would you say? Would you say officially or unofficially since you were 18, and then you would say, but officially since uh, since 2020? Like, how, how do you word it? I word it as um, right now. I count back from 2019, so I say, well, 
I count back from when I really started blowing up. So 2020, I say I'm two years in now. I because re- I really, you know, during the pandemic is when my career really started blowing up. Yes. I, I when I got in in 2000, when I started doing the solo stuff in 2020, um, I was still trying to find, I was trying to find girls to work with you know, locally or whatever, see if they were comfortable with that. This is before I understood paperwork. This is before I understood, like, uh, uh, people that scam people because I literally wasted over $3,000 on um, – because back then, the real popular the real popular uh, method of gaining money was uh, premium Snapchat models, girls that sold premium Snapchats. Because in the hood, you didn't hear about OnlyFans yet. You just heard about girls being like, subscribe to my premium Snapchat. So I was on Snapchat, and um, and I was in, like, Telegram groups and stuff back then. Um, and basically, like, I'm in these groups with these Snapchat girls, and I'm just like, hey, let me let me ask them. And then obviously because we're doing share for share, so that means, you know, people are um, sharing my picture on their Snap with my, with my tag, and I'm doing the same for them. So we, get, uh, we cross our, our fan base and whatnot. Even, so doing that, I would get mad followers, and then would, other sex workers and other performers or, or snap models would also follow me out of nowhere, too, and I would follow them, and I would just be like, oh, I would like to work with her. Let me see if I could work with her. And I found a couple of people in New York, allegedly, <laughs> and um, one girl was just like, I was like, hey, if um, if we pay, like, because by then, by 2020, I had comprised the idea because... Um, I had comprised the idea with several with several people. Uh, my cousin CJ, he also uh, he also goes by Mr. Jolly Rancher X on Twitter or BBC in her guts. Um, and my friend Backpack, um, goes by Book Backpack on Twitter. You used to see me and Backpack together. We were inseparable. I mean, he's still my boy to this day. He's my cameraman. He's my co- he's my partner. We created a company together called Divine Pipeline. And uh, that was just the beginning. It was just us, us being like, yo, we should start a company, and we were going to split our money down the middle to book girls in, 2000, in the beginning of 2020. Mind you, this was just us being brand new to the industry, not knowing what the hell we're doing, and automatically thinking we should book girls to do this, that, and the third, not knowing this is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. So we, uh, we tried to book several girls or whatever, and sometimes I just came out of my pocket because I, I did have a regular nine-to-five job. Because remember, I told you before, uh, my job didn't start back up until the school year. So I was using the money to fund us at the moment. And, yeah, we uh, we paid $750 on one girl, and she uh, she never showed up. We bought, we bought a, uh, we got an Airbnb. We had a guy, sorry, outside. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we had gotten an Airbnb. Um, cause it was also backpacks around backpacks birthday in New Jersey and she was supposed to drive down and then she ghosted us. And then after she ghosted us, she blocked us and it never, it never gave the money back or anything. So that was the first half of the, that was the first, uh, $750 going. And, um, during that time, obviously I'm in, I'm in this Airbnb and I'm just like, well, let me do some solo stuff. So I did some solo stuff. One of my top most watched videos is a solo of me in the shower on Pornhub <laughs> because that's the only video I had left. The only video I had left. Um, 
Yeah, we lost we lost that that type of money, and yeah, it was just it was just it was ridiculous. I guess for me, the next the next question that I have for you, I think, is the most obvious one. Where did your mm-hmm. poor name come from? How did you end up selecting with Artemis? Artemis? I know that you started off, as you mentioned, with art, but uh, how did we? How did I'm saying we as if uh, I was oh, involved because, in the process? Um, but how did art, you, you know, end up selecting your performer name? Oh, art was literally just an abbreviation. It was just a shortened version of, of um, Artemis because I thought about rock and shade, so I was just like, you know, me and my girlfriend's names at the time. It was just like, okay. The first couple of letters, Art, Art and K. <laughs> um, but Artemis, um, a lot of people do think that it's my real name. But um, I'm not going to disclose my real name unless we do paperwork together. But um, my real my uh, my real name was a name that I never really um, never really stuck with me because uh, my mom told me the story of how I got my real name, and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of I had my name changed at birth three different times. My name was changed at birth three different times, and it made it very difficult for me to get uh, new birth certificates as I got older and in my teens to be able to, like, get jobs and stuff like that. I also had, um, I also had three different uh, Social Security cards. So one time when I went to go apply for a job, I said, Ma, I need my Social Security card. So uh, she, gave, she said, oh, come and get it. So I, I got the Social Security card. I went to the job, and I gave it to them. And they said, um, is there something you want to tell us? Because this person isn't the same person that you're saying you are. And I looked at it, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. My, my name was changed at birth three times. My mom gave me one of the wrong birth certificates, um, the birth um, Social Security cards. So I personally was on the verge of doing it. I didn't want to be my legal name anymore. So I was going by um, art because I used to draw. Um, I used to go by art, and then I went from art into dancing. I went from art to art light, and then from art, everybody was asking me, what's the art short for? And I was just like, well, I was a big, a big advent um, fan of Greek mythology, and um, Artemis was the goddess of the hunt, and um, a lot of things that uh, she represented I also resonated with. So I was just like, well, Art is short for Artemis, because it is a unisex name. And, um, yeah, I just stuck with Artemis. I like it. I like it. I feel like it's working for you. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, props on that. Now, you. you're welcome. I typically like to ask a performer, you know, what was their first experience like filming and that sort of thing? But I feel like you have multiple different firsts. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have multiple different firsts and that sort of thing. So I don't know how you want to answer it. Do you, I don't know if you want to go back and think about the very, yeah. very first time. I don't know if you want to think about the first time when you were doing it as a couple. I don't know if you want to do, like, the first time that you were just you as Artemis. Um, yeah, I don't know how you want to answer this, but I'm just going to ask, you know, what was your experience like? What was going on in your mind? You know, because as well, you mentioned, you were someone who, you know, as a teen was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I want to be a porn yeah. star and I don't care what you're saying and you're judging me, but I'm still going to do it because that's what I want to do. So what was going on in your mind the first time, whichever first time you want to discuss shooting? All right. So 
I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a brief breakdown of each first, right? The when I was in when I was coming out of uh, coming out of high school doing it um, that first time, I felt like it was easy. It was easy because um, one, I didn't understand time lengths. I didn't understand how long videos needed to be. So all I was doing was taking my phone at the time, my phone at the time, and um, you know, doing a whole bunch of POV stuff. And obviously these videos wouldn't last no longer than like two minutes, three minutes, because what am I really like, what am I really doing? You know, I don't, I don't know much about this. And I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking with my brain. I'm thinking with my wiener at that point. <laughs> so um, that one was pretty easy because I didn't have to work. I wasn't worried about um, time, time restraints and limits and whatnot. I was just like, yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm having fun. Like, look at me, fuck this girl. Um, that was my mindset then. So um, leaving out, obviously, going into uh, doing cam shows. Cam shows was hard. That was different because I didn't understand the concept of how cam shows worked because cam shows re require a lot of patience. You're not supposed to just get on and start fucking. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to lead up to the fucking and your fans are supposed to pay you to do specific acts while you're on cam. And I was just literally just fucking on, cam on, on webcam. <laughs> and while I'm, like, fucking on webcam, I'm just like, well, I'm not getting any money. And I realize why, because I'm just giving them everything that they wanted already. It is, you know? So um, webcam was easy, and I wasn't worried about anything, because I'm like, well, if it's on webcam and it's live, I'm just, I could just have a regular session of me having sex and not have to worry about looking at the camera, talking to the fans and stuff like that. So another one that seemed easy to me. Now this is when uh, when I started doing solos, I've already basically groomed myself up to this point because when it comes to solo stuff, every male has to understand you can do solos. It is easy. Why is it easy? Because we've groomed ourselves. This, uh, I'm, I'm going to say allegedly. Allegedly, we've always groomed ourselves since we were young to to jerk off on camera and send it to people. You know, not to people, but like the girl we talking to, oh yeah, look what I'm doing right now. Oh, I'm jerking it all. You know, or she'll send us pictures and stuff like this. You know, not condoning, you know, underage stuff, but it, allegedly, you know, people used to do that as kids or teens anyway. And we've basically like, I thought about it as I've been, I've been doing this for years, sending like, dick pics and, and and videos back and forth with girls so i'm like it's the same it's the same scenario so i'm just gonna sit here and i'm just gonna take a immaculately well because at this point you know i done been through college i understand lighting um i understand tripods so this is about to be my first really authentic solo so i just sat i just hooked the camera up in the bathroom put the put the ring light on hopped in the shower and started, you know, lathering myself up with soap and jerking myself off with the soap, slow stroking, looking at the camera, had some music playing in the background. It was simple because, like I said, I've already geared myself up throughout my teens and my early 20s sending dick pics, so it's basically the same thing. So that one, that part didn't seem hard for me either. Now, the hard part was when a porn star right, reached out to me after seeing, after seeing my solo work and stuff. 
and going, hey, I like you. Well, hey, I like your work, and I like working with new guys. Would you like to work with me? And I'll always give her her props. Shout out to Pink Candy, also known as Pink Candy Shop or Chopay. Pink Candy was the first BBW performer to hit me up and say, hey, do you want to collab? Now, one, I got hit up by a porn star. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what she looked like, who she was. I just got hit up by a porn star to collab. So I said, hell yeah. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And then I also found out that my godbrother, it was, it was, she's hit, like, she's his favorite porn star. So when he found out, you, you got the what? We were both like, ah. So anyway, um, uh, Candy came to my home. Um, at this point, I only had cell phones. But I had an iPhone. Um, I had, I think, the, the 11 Pro. I had an iPhone. I had an iPhone 11 Pro. I had a Galaxy, a Samsung Galaxy. I can't remember uh, what was the popular for. Oh, two, uh, Galaxy um, 2020, uh, Galaxy 20. And I had a GoPro. So I utilized all three of those different types of cameras to shoot this scene. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. She said, you did a great job, you know, but I was, in my head, I knew, I was like, damn, I was fucking up because my dick was going soft because now it's like it's the pressure. You know, this is somebody of high notoriety that I'm working with and my dick is getting soft. But she said it doesn't. it's okay even if your dick was getting soft because you were able to stay inside of the pussy and keep keep stroking until you got hard again so it did, you wouldn't even realize that, you know, the dick got soft. So that's good. That means you know. That means you know how to how to maneuver yourself and quick think on your toes, which is something that you should you should need in this industry. So thanks to Pink Candy, I love Pink Candy. We shot again. Um, she definitely helped me out and shooting with her that one time blew me up and got me the notoriety that I needed. And then I got picked up by um, a company to to shoot for it. So this is my first for a company. So. Um, shout out to Nasty Media Group, also, you know, Rick Nasty, Triple X, and whatnot. Um, he had contacted me and said, hey, would you like to audition? And I said, yeah, sure. So I went to the audition, and he had me film with um, another VVW performer, Lila Everwet. So that was my first on, that was my first company shoot. Shout out to her, too. Um, we shot... And he, he said, I think he's like, yo, you did a great job. I'm not going to lie. I'm going I'm to shoot you again. In my head, um, I don't have the best of confidence, period, in life. So when he said that, I'm just like, oh, he's just saying that. He's never going to, like, hit me back up or call me or whatever. But, you know, he's like, you did a good job, good stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Literally, like, that, by that Tuesday, because we shot on a Saturday. By that Tuesday, he, he wrote me. He's like, I got another shoot for you this Saturday. Can you be here? Ah, ah, ah. So I am Next thing in my head was, oh, my God, I did a great job. Okay. So I went, I did it again, and I knocked that one out, too. And then, you know, Rick started shooting me constantly since then. Um, but, yeah, uh, the pressure in my mind was there. And I was nervous as hell on my first company shoot, but I was still able to stay hard and keep going. I don't know what I did at that point in time, but, shit, God was on my side. <laughs>
So those are my first, all my first. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I guess the thing that I want to ask you now that I probably should have asked as a follow-up when you mentioned it earlier is why the porn industry? What was it about porn that had you as a teen just wanting to be in it so much, wanting to be a part of the industry so much? I mean, that you were telling people, you were telling the, you know, the guidance counselor at school, like what was it about the business that attracted you to it? Um, at, at the young age of me doing porn, when I was, when I was um, in high school saying it, you know, I want to do porn, I want to do porn. At that point in time, um, my drive and my, and, and my interest in being in porn was, I would just say, you know, just teenage adolescence, just being, just, just the fact that, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fuck same mindset of a lot of dudes that get into this industry now, which is not a good mindset, but the whole mindset is, yeah, I'm going to fuck bitches. I'm, I'm coming in this industry to fuck bitches. And that's literally, that's literally what my mindset was at 18. Oh, I'm going to fuck bitches. And I was saying it in school. I was like, I'm a, I can have sex on camera for money. Why not? You know, I already do, I already do it for free. So why not? And that's my whole mindset was just like, how I'm going to have sex. I'm going to have sex with a whole bunch of people. And that was my mindset. I was an adolescent. And once I realized, like, I wasn't, I, a lot of girls didn't want to record me doing it, and I couldn't find any companies that was going to pick me up to do it, I basically quit because it was just like, yeah, like, this is boring. I could just have sex without being on camera for all of this because this is, this isn't, I'm just not going to make it. Now, me, me doing it as, as a couple in 2019, it was a mindset of I need I need money, I have bills that I need to pay. So I came in for just the money. And as I came in for just the money, it was like, well, damn, you know, like um, I was making a little bit of money camming and stuff like that. But then as we separated and now I'm just doing it by myself, now I had to find, I really had to think to myself, like now I'm by myself. I don't have no connections. I don't have nobody to work with. Well, why am I really still doing porn? Why am I really still trying to do this? What is going on? And that's when I realized, yo, I'm not doing this for the money anymore. I'm not doing this just to have sex. I'm doing this for the passion. I'm doing this for the art. I started, like, because my art concepts and ideas just started flowing into my head. And I'm just like, oh, if, if I could shoot something that looked like this, I could shoot something that looked like that. It changed it changed from the the normal reasons people get into porn into the fact that I love the fact of artistic expression. That's what made that's what drives me now in the industry. My artistic expression. You know, obviously there's gonna be moments in the industry where it's like, oh, oh, I really want to work with her, and that's because of personal interest. But if I want to work with her and it's because of personal interest, I'm still gonna have the most amazing scene with this person because I'm gonna have a concept that's gonna that's gonna blow out of the water, you know. So I do this, like I said, I do this for the art, and especially when you can find somebody on your same level of artistic expression, that scene will come out fire and amazing. Shout out to Picante Jenny. That is that is a creator and a performer that I say shares the same like level of, of creativity because we have put out a scene that she thought of the idea of me being uh, of her being my number one fan, right? 
And I said, you know what, that's a dope idea. And then everything else, all she had to do was give me the idea on a breakdown of what she felt should have happened. And I said, you know what, I got this. I thought about the shots. I thought about the setup. I thought about the dialogue. Outfit was amazing. She wore one of my shirts. And that scene, since I put that out, what, it's been like two months now I put that scene out, that scene is still, like, already still one of my top sellers. Still. You feel me? And that also, that also lifts me up and my spirits up because people are always like, nah, people just want to see the fucking. Well, that's not true because me and Picante Jenny scene, you know, that, 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 that whole introduction scene is, is, I think it's like six, six, seven minutes long of acting before we get to the actual like sex and penetration. And people, people love that scene. And I, I see the comments. Nah, people don't only come to see the fucking. People don't only want to see your POV. People like quality, and if there's a good storyline, they even more submerged in it. And people were bigging up the storyline and was like, yo, this is it. This is dope. And exactly. People do appreciate, fans do appreciate your artistic expression when you guys are filming. Always remember that. Let's, yeah. let's actually break a porn scene down. In a scene, okay. which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Mm. So it um, so it may look like it on camera because I get a lot. I do get a lot of oral. Um, receiving oral is not really is not really a big thing for me, honestly. It's actually my least favorite part. Um, oral, I do I do enjoy anal sometimes. Um, when I do get the chance, because a lot of performers say they, they won't do anal with me because of my size. <laughs> um, but I, I do enjoy the vaginal. I do enjoy the vaginal part a lot um, when it comes to the sexual part. But my re- like, I really enjoy the acting part. I really enjoy that part. That's my favorite part of everything. When we get to the, when we get to the sex, though, uh, give me some, give me some uh, doggy style shots, and I'm, I'm coming quick. That's, that's, my, that's my second favorite part. <laughs> Well, we have to remember, you are a performer. I mean, you were a dancer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you like performing for the camera. I mean, that makes complete sense. Well, you might have answered my next question already, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. When you're in a scene, when you're shooting, what's your favorite position to perform for the camera? Oh, it would be dog. It would be doggy and um, it would be doggy and missionary. I like doggy because... Um, um, there's a specific way, there's a specific position of doggy uh, that you have to bend over in, and when you bend over, it makes everyone's butt look fat, everyone's. And that position is the position that makes me come the quickest. And doggies, I just, I'm an ass man. I love, I love ass. Doggy is my favorite position. Um, but if, um, and missionary is my uh, my favorite position as well because. Um, I like, I like the intimacy that, that comes with missionary. You know, we can look into each other's eyes. I can get really deep, you know, and, um, uh, you can see, you can see, like, you can see my, like, like my body movement and my pelvic thrust. You can see how smooth and and it is while it's happening. So I definitely like, uh, I like missionary visually, visually for the camera and doggy is personal favorite because it gets me off. 
And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shots. In a scene, where's your favorite place to shoot your load? Oh, cream pies. <laughs> cream pies, hands down. Cream pies, hands down. Now, it sucks for me because um, I'm a shooter. So sometimes when we're doing a cream pie scene and I do cream pie, I end up, even if I put my dick, you know, like I pull my dick a little further out so that, you know, it, 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 the cum is like towards the beginning so it's easy for them to push out and see on camera, I still end up shooting towards the back of the, because the girth, the girth keeps, opens them up and then I still come in them and then it shoots towards the back and because of the girth, the girth, it causes a little bowl inside so when they're trying to push out the cum, the cum's not coming out. They have to, like, stand up a little bit and let it, you know, gravity take its place and then bend over and do it again. Um, <laughs> it's my personal favorite, but uh, on camera, it's, it's not always a good, a, a good shot for me. That's funny. But if we do it in missionary, that usually works. Mm -hmm. Missionary usually always works when it comes to cream pies. How would you describe your fuck style? For the listeners and, and for your fans, how would you describe your style of fucking? Okay. Um... This is a good one because I'm going to clear the air up for some people. Um, I am a passionate lover. I am a sexual giver. I prefer to give pleasure, and I want my partner to be completely satisfied before I even try to make myself come. Um, that's just me. I've always been a pleaser. Uh, I'm, I'm like I said. I'm very, um, a very um, sensual. I like the slow stroke, deep stroke, look me in my eyes, talk to me, you know. I'm going to ask you, is that is, is that what you want it? Um, does that feel good? You wanna, do you want to come for me? Stuff like that, you know, very, very intimate. That is my style. But when I'm filming at the same time, um, I know fans don't always want to see me in that sensual light. Sometimes fans just want to see, you know, see me pound on pussy or whatever. And this also goes to uh, some of the other performers that sees my work. I'm going to tell, tell you guys a, a little secret of my breakdown. Through my scenes, I will be slow and passionate, right? I will be slow and passionate. But 30 seconds, 30 seconds in each position at some point, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck hard and quick and fast. Just so when I make the trailers for my videos, I use that specific clip from the video because obviously that's the most that she's screaming, the most horny she, you know, not, I don't say horny, but the most she's screaming, the most it seems like she's in pleasure. And I use those clips because those are the clips that grab everybody's attention. And um, I, and I guess because I edit like that, a lot of girls like, say um, they don't want to work with me because I look aggressive, but I'm really not. It's just that I chose those specific shots, you know, to promote because I know fans like to see stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big softie. When you're filming porn, when you're filming a scene, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Um... Uh, let's start with my turn-ons. I like my nipples sucked. I like my nipples played with. If you watch my scenes and you watch my work, you see, yes, I have um, I have quite abnormally large nipples. And I see the comments all the time, and I'm just like, yo, y'all can, can say whatever y'all want about them at the end of the day. They're my nipples, and the performer that I'm working with is still playing with them. 
and you're still in your house beating your dick to this video. <laughs> so uh, what can you really say about my nipples that's going to hurt my feelings? And, um, yeah, my nipples definitely. Um, when I do get oral, if I'm going soft, slow, uh, slow sucking my dick all the way down to the base, all the way up. And when it gets hard uh, trying to deep throat it, that's fine. Um, those are great turn-ons for me. Look me in my eye, uh, jerk it off with two hands, you know. Those are great for me. Um, things that I actually hate is if I'm about to come, it happens quite often, but um, I don't tell people it. But uh, when I'm about to come, don't touch it. Because what happens is, when you touch it and I'm coming, you give me a ruined orgasm. Like, if you want a big pop shot, just let me let me get the first three shots off, and then you could grab it and suck, suck the rest out, shake the rest out. But those first two shots that shoot off, let me get those off. Because if you do it, if you do it it's not going to come out. The, it's not going to shoot out the way it's, it's supposed to look. It's not going to look grandiose. It's going to look lackluster. Uh, so just, just don't just don't grab it when I'm coming. I know a lot of girls just are really, like, real cock-hungry um, and love and, and cum sluts and whatnot. And they'll, they'll be like, yeah, give me it. And then I'm just like, oh, no. All right, I'm going to have to. Because what happens is I was in, like, if I'm fucking in doggy style and I turn and I say I'm coming and I pull out and you, you turn around and I'm about, to, I'm about to release my dick so it comes on your face. And if you touch it, I done lost the mental, the mental state that I was in to come. I'm like, oh, damn, you grabbed it. And I'm just like, wait, no, uh, fuck, no, there it goes. One shot, boom, that's it. Now, now, now I've lost the orgasm. I'm pretty sure there's more in there that could have came out. Um, there's that. And I'm rimming. I, I don't like rimming. I don't. But I know that my fans, you know, some women and uh, a lot of LGBTQ and trans people they love watching me get rimmed. They love looking at my ass, and I have no problem with that. And I like to, um, I like to please my fans. So, um, even though I don't like rimming, and I tell them all the time, I don't like rimming. But I'll get rimmed because I know that's what my fans like. You know, I know that's what my fans like. So yeah. So that's that, that. Those are those are my likes and dislikes. It's funny because you went to directly to an area that I was going to ask you a question about, and I'm still going to ask it because, I mean, mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I've been interviewing performers for a moment, and I've never had to ask a male performer about their nipples. And, I mean, there's no way in hell that I was not going to ask you. I mean, I, mean, I think that's the, that's the big question for a lot of people. So you kind of answered it, but I'm, I still want to ask it because, once again, this is the first time I've ever had to ask a, a male performer about their nipples. So, yes, they are big nipples. And mm -hmm. um, my question is, like, have, have they always been sort of like <laughs> an erogenous zone for you? I mean, because clearly – you know, you're um, into nipple play. There seems to be some sort of, uh, like, direct, hardwired connection from them to your dick. So something's going on there with the nipples. Have, have you always been that uh, turned on by the nipple play? So my, um, my nipples are hypersensitive. 
So that's also why they turned me on. Um, they can, my nipples can do two things. They can turn me on or they can soothe me to sleep. Um, the reason being that they're so long is, this is, now this is the truth. So like I said, in, um, in, in school, elementary school, middle school and stuff, I wasn't the most popular dude. I was definitely, you know, picked on and stuff like that, especially because uh, of my personality and how, and, uh, how hyperactive I was and watching anime and stuff like that. And, um, you know, people used to bully me, and there was definitely stuff called, like, purple nurples. If you know what a purple nurple is, that's when somebody grabs your nipple and twists it. And then they'll tell you to either, uh, they'll tell you to name five different types of cereals. And they won't let go of that nipple until you name five different types of cereals. But because you're in such agony and pain, your mind can't think straight and you can't name five cereals at that moment in time. So you'll be there for a while unless somebody, you know, like an adult stops them, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, leave them alone or whatever. So um, being bullied a lot, you know, I used to get a, I used to get purple nipples a lot. And from where I'm from, they didn't do just one nipple. They grabbed both of them and twisted. So um, I used to get purple nipples a lot, and my nipples used to get bruised. They weren't always this long, but over time, obviously, you know, you keep pulling something or pulling skin, it's going to, you know, because they were, they, were, they were a little, they were like little nipples, you know, for men, and you just keep pulling them and pulling the skin over, and it, it'll eventually happen, and because, you know, I would go home, and it would be bruised, and it would be painful, I would rub them to, you know, like, ease the pain, or ice them, or whatever, to the point that, you know, over time, they they started to get a little bit longer, and because I played with them, they also got longer, and I would rub them to soothe them, and they became sensitive, and they just turned into a spot. I, I, guess, I guess mentally, they turned into a, an arousal arousal spot mentally because if niggas is going to pull, if they going to pull my nipples, you know, you going to pull my nipples and I'm going to get pleasure from it. And then honestly, people stop pulling them. <laughs> that is hilarious and sad. I mean, all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a tragic tale of your nipples. <laughs> very, very right. Yeah. And also, I want to say, just to sort of um, comment on what you said earlier when we were talking about the turn-ons and turn-offs, um, I mean, what you said about, you know, the female performer not touching it so that you can bust, mm -hmm. that makes sense with your ADHD, because then your focus yeah. completely leaves from what you were trying mm -hmm. to do. So I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from. Yes, Definitely. Yes. All right. So uh, let's talk about some of your favorites. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Who are some performers that uh, just stand out in your mind? I'm not necessarily looking for a specific like amount, like a specific number of performers. Just, you know, who comes into your head as far as memorable scene partners? Mm. There's, oh man, there, there are so many performers that that I could shout out that have supported me and helped me out to this day. But if we're talking about like my best like my best scenes that definitely that all like come to my mind and when people be like, what's your favorite scene and stuff like that when it comes to performers, um, I would have to say one one performer is a uh, Ro Quincy. 
me and her shot a scene, and when we shot, she was the first girl to make me come twice back to back. Like, I mean, I we were, we were finishing in Doggy, and I pulled out, and I came on her ass, and it was a big come shot, but it felt so, like, it felt so good that before I stopped jerking, I felt another nut, like, a fresh one coming up, and I busted again, and it was another big shot, and I was like, what the hell, oh, no, and that scene was amazing, it was like 12 o'clock at night, we were all hungry, we were laughing, we were joking, we had nice uh, um, royalty-free music playing in the background, it was a great shoot, so definitely Ro Quincy is one of them, um, another obviously would be Picante Jenny, like I said, me and Jenny, whenever we work together, it's always amazing, she's a great performer, um, another scene that always sticks out with me. Oh, um, Uptown Bunny and Maria Bose, that threesome, first of all, I love, I love their commitment to trying new things because we tried some really interesting positions in that three-way. And, uh, we, I did this pyramid where Maria was doing missionary and I was eating Bunny's pussy while they were kissing each other. It was a pyramid shape. That went, that was a great one. That went viral. We also did another one where Maria was bent over in doggy style and um, Bunny was um, laying a missionary on Maria's back while I was penetrating Maria and Doggy and then putting and then pulling it out and putting it in her missionary while on her back. Like that scene, great, great scene. <laughs> um, another scene, another person that I liked working with because our scenes um, always stand out. Um, like those, those scenes always come into mind. Um, yeah, honestly, it's really it's really just those two that that pop out to me right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who have you not worked with that you're looking forward to working with? Who's on your wish list? Let's manifest some new scene work for you. Who would you love to shoot a scene oh, with? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, right now, right now, there's one performer that I kind of have like a you know, little crush on. Um, I just like I just wa- been watching her content lately, and we're actually gonna collab soon. But uh, Leah Michelle. Now, one thing that turns me on, like I, personal preference, personal preference, right? I like um, I like dark skinned women, and I also have a kink for um, hairy vaginas. Um, I love Bush, and I think this. I think this. Um, the reason I love Bush so much is because of the era that I grew up watching porn. I watched, I grew up in the era of VHSs. So back then, a lot of porn on VHSs, a lot of vaginas were, um, they were kept, they were kept and well kept, but there was hair, you know, like there would be girls with full on bushes, but you know, their butthole would be like clear, no hair in their butthole, but there would be a whole bush around their, their labia, their, their taint, you know, bush or all, uh, all up the pelvis and um that was hot and i guess because that's what i grew up on and i was and i used to masturbate to it um it, it developed into like a passion for it but um i you know i like a nice shaved pussy too like you know i get bald sometimes but uh the hair hair really turns me on it really turns me on leah has an amazing fucking bush and um i had to reach out to her and actually work with her and she's and we're de- like it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna happen um, that's somebody that I want obviously I want to work with. Um, another person that I, w- um, I'm going to say a couple of big names that I really want to work with. 
Um, I want to work with Kira Noir. It's it's a long shot. It's a long shot, but um, yeah, uh, I, I want to work with Kira. She's great. I love her personality. Um, I love how she works. She's a great performer. I'm definitely somebody I would love to work with. I definitely want to work with um, uh, Jenna uh, Jenna Fox. You know, Jenna Fox. Um, there's two Jenna Foxes. I'm th- I'm talking about the um, mainstream Jenna Fox, not BBW Jenna Fox. I love Jenna Fox BBW as well. I want to work with her. But Jenna Fox, um, uh, the African American performer. I think she's African American. I don't want to assume her her race, but um, she's uh, you know she's a, a woman of color. Um, I want to work with her specifically because when I started really watching porn more like you know as an adult, I was watching her stuff like in the, like in 2019 and stuff like that. I love watching Jenna. Um, I love the way her personality is bubble. She's hilarious, um, especially when, like, the TikTok era started up and she was making her TikTok reels and stuff. Them joints was hilarious. Um, I really feel like we would have a great, like, a great uh, collaboration of minds if we worked together. The real, well, no, the real reason I want to work with her is because when I started up with the OnlyFans situation, I had actually paid for her OnlyFans for, like, an entire year and I was talking to her on a day-to-day basis, like, hey, I'm Artemis. I'm actually tr- I'm, I want to be male, female talent. I'm working hard, this, that, and the third. And not only, not only did she respond, she, still, she helped me in my journey. She was giving me advice. I would be like, hey, if I did this or this, that, and the third, do you think this will work out? There was, I said there was agencies that I was looking into. She was like, oh, that's a good agency to look into, blah, 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 blah. And... Um, after a year went by, I uh, I didn't have the subscription anymore, but um, I did. I, I focused on me at the time, and then I came back and I followed her. I, I paid. Mind you, this is me paying for her OnlyFans. I paid for her OnlyFans again, just to tell her. I said, "Hey, it's official. I've been. I'm in the industry for. I've been in the industry for five months now. I've been getting paid shoots with company. I've been getting my name out there." And she was like, "Look at you. You grew a lot from when we, you know, when we first talked." And I was like, "Yeah." And then um, and then she was like, that's good. I'm proud of you. This, that, and that. I was like, all right, cool. I said, one day I hope to work with you, you know. And then she's just like, okay. Just, just, just okay. I feel like, you know, in her mind, this is like a lot of people ask that. And I also feel like the mindset is that, you know, uh, he might he might not last in the industry because I know that that's the thing. Guys don't last long. Uh, you know, some pe- guys come in, they get in for the wrong reasons. They don't stay here long. They disappear. But I never want. I never want to disappear because I'm always going to leave my mark. But anyway, the next thing was the next year. I um, I got nominated for two awards in one year last year, and I went to I believe Exotica Miami, and she was she had a booth this time, so I never got to see her in person. So I walked up to her in person. I said hi. And she's like hi. Obviously, she doesn't recognize who I am, but I said, well, my name is Artemis. We used to talk every day on your OnlyFans. And I was the one saying that I wanted to be male talent, and I basically spoke to you about every step of the way that I, I took to becoming male talent. She's like, oh, how did it go? And I was just like, well, I've been in the industry a year and a half now, and I recently just been nominated for two awards. And she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And she's just like, dope. And I'm just like, like I said, still hope to work with you someday, you know, but I really appreciate everything you did for me when you were talking to X, Y, Z. So that's definitely somebody that I do want to work with, definitely. Um, 
more more uh more so who I would like to work with in like the amateur realm and um damn I can't think of anybody right now in the amateur that I really want to work with basically yeah Leah Kira and and Jenna and then there's other people but they're not coming to my mind right now because I, that's just my ADHD acting up. <laughs> not a problem. Um, not a thing. But, uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm 100% sure. Because the funny thing is I have a list. I have a list of people that I want to reach out to. So, oh, I definitely want to work with um, uh, Tommy Tang. Uh, she was nominated for an award last year for x Cam Award. And um, I reached out to her because I saw she did a cosplay for a character from My Hero Academia. And... It worked perfectly because um, I had a concept for a type of cosplay that I feel like she would have worked perfectly for. But um, we haven't been able to spoke, speak to speak to each other directly yet. Um, but I, you know, time—it's time in this industry. You know, you might not get get in contact with somebody now, but you might end up in contact with them somewhere else down the road. Because it's definitely happened to me. It's definitely happened to times so where I contact somebody in their inbox. And then when I meet them in person, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I would love to work together. And she's like, oh, send me an inbox. And I was like, I actually did send you an inbox three, uh, <laughs> three months ago. Um, something I do, I, um, you know, some people follow a rule where it's like three strikes and you're out. Well, my mom, my mom, when I grew up, it was never three strikes. It was always two strikes. She never gave you time for a third strike. After the second strike, that's it. That's yeah. So um, that always trip, that always followed me throughout my life so I never really did three strikes I always did two strikes I don't consider them I don't consider them strikes I call them I I consider them attempts so I reach out to somebody once with my initial reach out and if they seen it or they didn't see it that's fine um I'll usually I'll usually come with one follow-up where it's just like hey I'm just following up I I see you seen it I just wanted to know if you know you were comfortable with it or you know because i know sometimes when people are in their inboxes they see something something happens they forget to respond to somebody so i can't assume that you left me on scene because you didn't want to do it i i you know i'm just asking to be 100 percent sure because like i said i've even left people on scene by mistake because i was supposed to my job adhd I was supposed to respond back to them, and somebody either called my phone or somebody walked into my bedroom and was like, hey, can you do this, that, and the third? And then I'll be like, yeah, I'll explain it to them. And then I'll go back to myself, and I'll be like, all right, what was I doing? Well, and I completely forget, and I'll be like, all right, it's whatever. Let me just start editing something. And then, boom, I done forgot to write the person back. So I always, I always, I always give everybody a second attempt. Some people block me because of the second attempt, but... I just let, I just want anybody that listens to this, I want you to understand that second attempt, you know, is not out of me being persistent or me being a creep. That's genuine, genuine, you know, inquiry to see if, you know, this is what we were supposed to, like, is this what your decision was? Because a lot of people just be like, leaving somebody on scene or not answering should be enough. Well, it's not really enough. It's very, it's very vague, you know, because you also have to understand the possibilities that, Maybe some maybe something happened and you can, and they couldn't respond back at the time and then they forgot later. You have to you know you have to always think about all the possibilities. You can't just rule out and go with one path. You know when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. You know so there you go. Facts. Because then 
because people, you know, like I said, I've hit people up, and I didn't want to assume that they was like, oh, I don't want to work this thing. I'm going to just leave them on scene. I don't want to assume that because if I assume, and then they co- I assume that, and then they come to me later like, oh, hey, I would love to work with you. I'm going to be like, now nah, you want to work with me? Now I look like an, now I look like I'm sarcastic and an asshole because they was like, oh, you know, I never, I forgot to respond back to that message. Damn, I assumed. I made an ass out of me and you now. So it's like, don't always assume, you know. It's always cool to get that, that confirmation. I agree. But yeah, so far, there's, there's, other, there's performers out there that I, I want to work with, but I can't remember right now. Not a problem. Uh, you and I have a similar mindset when I reach people out for interviews, like when I, when I reach out to people for interviews. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I always reach out, and then I always like to double-check because, I, you know, pretty much for the same reasons. I never take anything as a no until I'm told no. Because yeah. I'm like, you never know. They might not have read it. They might have gotten busy. They might be thinking about it. You know, not or everybody wants to be just, interviewed. You know, they misinterpreted how the message was portrayed because yeah. me- uh, text messages without emojis, you know, without emojis or punctuation marks can get easily lost in translation. Even and if you, you have all of that, exactly. Because people always put their own tone into stuff. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. Are there any performers in the industry that you look up to? Are there any people, individuals in the business that you look up to that inspire you in what you're trying to do? Um, right now, uh, right now, um, personally, um, I don't look up to people. I look, uh, look more up to, um, like, I look up to companies, but I don't look up to companies because of, who the company is, I look up to companies because of the business model. You know what I mean? So, like, companies that I look up to right now, because there's also, there's also performers that also, you know, um, that also, uh, their, 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 their sites are on par with a company site or a brand site, you know? Um, I look up to I look up to places like browsers because of the quality, you know, the quality, the storyline, the consistency, and the catalog. I don't look up I don't look up to their ideals because you know some people's ideals may not be the most justified. I don't know browsers' ideals because I do hear some some bad stories and I do hear some good stories. But I look up to the business model and and and, and the creativity. That's what I look up to, you know, and. Um, if you, watch, if you look at a lot of my content, like I said, Browsers, Reality Kings, Bang Bros, Team Skeet, Naughty America. If you look at all those, if you look at all those, those sites that I'm bringing up, Blacked, Black Thor, you realize that a lot of those sites, they don't do just straight gonzo, straight amateur, straight, straight into the fucking. They have something, they have a storyline, they have that creativity. They understand their camera angles when it comes to, you know, telling a story before the sexual contact, you know? And then the thing about, like I said, like browsers and stuff, because I, I, I see it mostly in browsers where they um, they they shoot a very specific uh, scene, and then in the middle of the scene, the performer stops having sex and goes back into the acting. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, they go back into having sex again somewhere else. But that's because, you know, these 35 minutes, these 35-minute videos are like sitcoms. And in sitcoms, they don't stay in one place the entire time, you know? It's segments. So 
I, I like the I like the their model because it's like I'm sitting here and I'm watching a sitcom. It just so happens that there's actual sexual penetration. That and that's the type of content that I want to go for, because I want people to be like, yeah, I could I could sit here, I could watch this. Ooh, I'm 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 about to come. Oh, you know, stuff like that. Like that's 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 what I want to do. I like that quality. Um, yeah. Um, people, right now. Right now, there's definitely one. There's one uh, performer, male performer that I um, I kind of look up to, and that is uh, Ricky Johnson, because he came out with Ricky Ricky's Room, and I believe Ricky's Room only been about. It's only been I think it's like a year or two years old. I think it's like a year old. But the point is, he came out with Ricky's Room, and the moment he came out with Ricky's Room, it's already been like it's already gotten nominated for multiple awards and critically acclaimed. And I'm just like, damn, like that's what I that's how I want to be. Because mind you, Ricky's Room, I believe Ricky started it as just himself on camera, and then he started bringing in people aside from himself to um perform. I. I'm assuming right now I can't remember exactly. I haven't followed the entire storyline, but I've definitely been there since, like, watching since it first started. But, um, yeah, like, him doing all like him doing all this on his own as a solo fight and then, you know, start also bringing in people. I was like, yo, this is, this is dope. This is where I want to be at as a, as a solo male, solo male independent. Well, I'm not, I don't think he's independent. I think he's signed by somebody. But, yeah, though, the point is, yeah, I definitely look up to Ricky. And Ricky... Um, shout out to him because he he plugged me in with two browsers producers um, during an Exotica, and I I have to pre- I have to appreciate that because you know I was talking I was talking to a female performer at his um, kid booth that me and her are mutuals we've been told you know we've been we've been friends talking that that and the third and. Um, I say I saw Ricky come come to the front of the booth, and I was just like, "Yo, I just want to say I appreciate you. You know, you're definitely an inspiration. I love your work." Da 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 da. He's like, "Oh, dope. What's your name?" And I was like, "I'm Artemis." He's like, "Yo, you male talent?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You shot for browsers?" Because at the point in time, I was wearing the browsers bag. I said, "No, nah, not yet." And I said, "I say not yet because I feel like you know I'm confident enough that it'll eventually happen." And he's just like, "All right, cool. Come with me real quick." And I was like, "Okay." So he grabbed, me by, he grabbed me by the shoulder and was just like, yo, yeah, come on, man. You know, put his arm around my shoulder. Come on, I'm going to put you on right now. I said, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, I looked like that meme with that guy whose eyes flicker, and he looked up like, huh? And um, he took me to the booth. He went behind the booth, opened the ribbon, went in the booth, and it introduced me to the head makeup artist, and she's one of the producers. And I believe her name is Lexi. And she introduced me to her. She, he was trying to introduce me to a male, uh, a male producer, but he was on the phone right now. But like, see, uh, we introduced. She's like, "This is a male performer." This, that, and the third. She's like, "Oh, dope. We definitely, you know, we new male guys." Blah 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 blah. And she was like, "Hold, hold on." Uh, she's like, "I'm gonna do a, a story with Ricky on my on her Instagram." So she did the story with Ricky, but I'm not in it, you know. But Ricky goes, "Hold on, wait, guys." I got something, and it pulled me in. It's like, "Yo, this is new male talent. Tell them who you are." And I was just like, "I'm Artemis." Um, you know, this guy in the third, he's like, yeah, so, um, look at him wearing the browser bag, definitely go check out browsers, also check out Ricky's room, definitely check out, you know, and I'm just like, yo, he just plugged me in with this producer, now I'm in this, now I'm in her story, and then the producer, that other producer got off the phone, he introduced me to him, and he plugged me in with the producer, and he's just like, yo, he's a performer, I've seen some of his work, he's dope, 
So the, around the producer asked me, he was just like, yo, have you shot any, any companies yet? And I was just like, I've shot with a lot of amateur companies, and I named some of these companies. Shout out to Habibi Show. Shout out to BBW Highway. Shout out to Roll Boys. I named those companies. He's like, all right. He's like, um, those are uh, the amateur companies. Like, yeah, they're pretty amateur companies. Ricky's like, yeah, they're good places. And this guy in the third. And he's like, all right, do you do, do you gangbang? I say, yes, I do gangbang. He's like, do you work with BBW? I say, yes, I work with BBW. He was like, where do you live? I was like, I live in New York, though. He's like, we're based in L.A., but we might be able to get you something in Miami. And I was like, yeah, I could definitely do that. Just let me know, and I'll fly down with no problem. He's like, do you got a business card? Pulled out my fresh. I had, first, mind you, I have, I have new buck memory. I have new buck I, um, um, business cards. So new buck is this type of material that's soft and smooth and silky to the touch. So I pulled out my business card. I said, here you go. And he's like, oh, that's a, that feels nice. And I'm like, yeah, I put money into these cards, you know. <laughs> um, he was like, all right, I'm going to definitely hit you up or whatever. So, boom, there's that. I definitely got a shout-out, Ricky, for that because he really plugged me in, and um, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, though, though, I look up to the companies because of the business model, and I definitely look up to Ricky because his business model because that man, that man blew up, you know. He was already he was already popping, but him starting his own site and the site blowing up too, definitely uh, definitely inspiration. Absolutely, yeah. Props to Ricky Johnson. I've interviewed him in the past. He he's awesome, an awesome person. Okay, so let's shift away from, or I should say, let's shift into some serious questions about the industry. I have a couple mm. of questions. Uh, that I just want to get your take on uh, some stuff in the business. And the first question in the set is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Um, I have a couple. Um, one myth is you, you don't always have to have the biggest penis to be a porn star. You do not. Um, I've seen people with micro penises come into porn and be successful you know, because it's all about the niche and the market that you go into. Anybody can anybody can make it in this industry, honestly. Um, it's not always about looks. It's not always about looks, you know, because um, I've definitely seen um, some of the not best-looking performers still able to, you know, make it because they produce great content, you know. It's, um, it's people feel like it's, it, it can be, it can be a shallow industry. It can it definitely can, but you can't let those that are shallow within the industry hinder or stunt your growth in the industry. Because what some people might think of you, another people might, another person or another party might feel you're the most amazing thing on this this planet. You know, so you can't let everybody else's opinions get to you. Um, penis size, that's one. Um, uh. No, not everybody's taking supplements to make their dicks bigger. <laughs> um, no, not everybody needs to take pills in order for their dicks to stay hard. Um, a lot of people think that it's because erectile dysfunction is just, you know, you can't keep it up, you can't get it up. 90% um, of us um, not being able to stay hard on camera is, is a mental thing. Uh, you get nervous, you get anxious, um, anxiety can cause you to lose an erection. Um, you can be hard, you can be doing great in the beginning of the scene, you mess up once, and now you're in your head, you're like, damn, I can't mess up again. And now because you keep thinking to yourself, you're going to mess up again. Or what, are, what is this person going to think about me now? 
now you can't stay hard because your mind's not in the zone because now you don't went down a rabbit hole where you're, you lack, now you lack confidence. And because you don't have any confidence, you know, your libido can, can deplete and you can no longer have erection. So that, that can happen. Um, you, but if you need to take, even if you, like, listen, I'll tell you this now, even if you take a supplement, your dick will still stay down because it's still mental. It's still a mental thing. If you can't get back mentally into the game, then it's going to keep staying, it's going to keep staying soft. Sometimes you just need to fall back, take a breather, because it's okay to take a break. You'd be like, can I take a minute to myself, take a minute to myself, breathe, inhale, drink some water, maybe you need to be hydrated. You do all that, you go back in the game, you should, you should be able to go back in as if you started up fresh again. Um, those are some stigmas in the industry that a lot of people think that you need to do. You do not need to start in gay porn to start doing porn. You don't. That's not, that, that's a big myth that I hear because I didn't have to start in gay porn to start doing porn. I think the, I think the conception with that is, is um, because you have to do solo, solo videos and you're a male, some sites, uh, when you do a solo male video on some sites, they automatically categorize it as gay. So some people would say that is gay porn because you're doing a solo by yourself. But I don't, I don't believe that is the case when, it, when people say you have to start with gay porn. I think they mean like male-on-male contact or something for you to get into the industry, and that's not the case. You don't have to start in gay porn to get into porn. You don't. Um, some stigmas that I don't like. I don't like the, the statistics. The statistic, um, the statistic game, where people will be like, "Oh, I can't shoot with you because you don't have a big enough following for me, or your following is not as big as mine." I hate that. I really hate it. Numbers are just numbers. I get it; they play a factor in our money. But at the same time, are are you doing it for clout, or are you doing it for the creative expression of the work that we're about to put together? Because I feel like when I was only at three, when I was only at three hundred followers, I had immaculate ideas immaculate ideas. I kid you not. I'm like, I, I, I had, I had equipment, I had everything. And I would reach out to people, even one of my most, my, one of my favorite performers. And I, and, and I call her my sister to this day, go, go fuck me. Right. Shout out to go, go. When I reached out to her, she said, um, well, I'll work with you when you get your, um, you need a little bit more exposure. This is when I had like 5,000 followers. Right? Mind you, 5,000 followers and Google at that point in time had like 100K, 100 plus K, way more than 100, almost on her verge to um, uh, 200K by then. And she's like, yeah, you know, a little bit more exposure. But what happened is, you know, me and Google talked, we conversed, and she, 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 you know, she said, well, you could book me, and, or we could do a paid trade. But the point is, eventually, you know, she really understood the ideas that I had. And she said, you know what, these are, these are some great ideas. And the quality was there, so we ended up collabing anyway, you know? And, that, and, that, and it was a good collab. It was a good collab. Um, and like I said, she's like my sister. I love Google. That's like family right there, you know? And um, it's not about the numbers all the time. It's not. It, it, it's, about, it's about the passion and artistic expression of two performers coming together to collab. Um. So like I said, I hate the numbers game. The next thing that I hate, I hate the I hate I hate the assumption that it always has to be boy girl. I get it. 
this, 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 this is a thing that comes to me a lot, though, because um, a lot of my work is boy-girl. Um, I, I really don't stray that much from boy-girl because I know it sells for me. Um, but I still am open to do up, to doing other things because I know I always ask somebody to – I'm like, you know, listen, I'm willing to compromise if you're willing to compromise or we can come to some type of agreement for us to be able to do some type of content that will benefit for both of us. Even if that one content doesn't benefit for me, we still have time to be able to do two types of content. We can do some content that I know, like say um, it's a fetish model, right? She's like, um, I don't only do just boy-girl. I do fetish stuff. All right, cool. We can do one scene that's very geared towards fetish, and then we could do a boy-girl scene for me. We could still we could still trade both of these scenes. Like we could both use both of these scenes. You know, we could share both of these scenes. We could both make money off of it. But at the same time, we now know that your fetish scene is definitely going to sell and make money for you because that's what your fans want to see from you. And this boy-girl scene is definitely going to sell for me because this is what my fans want to see from me. And when it's when it's me, and like say if I didn't, I, if she didn't want to do the boy-girl scene, I'll still do the fetish scene, but I know that it's not going to sell well for me because I know what my fans really want to see of me. Maybe, and, and, and then at that point, if I'm like, well, if I'm going to do just a fetish scene and we can't do a boy-girl scene, well, let's come to some type of compromise or an agreement in order for me to be able to benefit from this video, you know? And usually what it is is if your fans know that you're about to put out a fetish scene with me and they're going to want to see that, um, is it okay if I release the video first and then you can release the video because we know your fans are going to flop to it quickly. You know, some, so it's a matter of, um, you know, the assumptions within the industry, you know, like don't assume that I always only want to do boy girl because I'm willing and open to trying new things as well as, you know, um, don't, you know, yeah. Don't also think like, you know, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to work with you. Like, like I'm, I'm going to try and do something with us, you know, but yeah, those are pretty much all of the signals. And the downsides, um, there are a lot um, I hope, I think this fits in, but there are a lot of uh, male abusers and um, offenders and predators in this industry that, um, that make it bad for new performers and, and reliable performers. And, uh, because of those people doing what they do, it could definitely be a big uh, trust barrier with girls working with guys. And I always let girls let it be known, like, listen, um, you don't have to work with me if you're not comfortable with it. I only work, I, I, I'm, I'm reaching out, you can tell me no, it's no problem, but I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to make the effort to see if you would like to work together. Um, if you want, and I, some people I even say, I was like, if you want, we can build a rapport with each other so that you can tell, so that you can, you know, you can, uh, you can choose or decide down the line. All right, maybe I, I'll work with you because you know you you've been you've been there for me. We've talked. Um, I love your personality, you know, and I see that you're a good guy. So yeah, we could definitely work together because that's also you know people get to know me and I end up working with them. That's how there's a lot of performers that uh, only did solo work that ended up actually you know. Uh, wanting to collab, wanting to collab with me, simply because you know, I I also write people not to just not just work. I also write people you know just to become friends. 
because I do I do want friends within this industry. You know, I want you know connections, connections, friends. So it's good to have a support system. If somebody needed to like like if I made a friend with somebody that lives in like I don't know Topeka, Kansas, and you know now they're like, well, I gotta go to New York. I can't think of anybody that I could I could stay with, and and I was like, hey, you know, I'm cool. If you want, you can um. I can help you out with this, that, and the third while you're out here. I'll find some people, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, you build a rapport. You build a friendship, you know, and then, you know, you, you do it. You do it out of the courtesy and the love of your and the compassion of your own heart. You don't do it for ulterior motives like, yeah, I'm doing this because hopefully I'll work with this person later. No, I just, I just do it because I'm naturally a good person, you know. So you can't assume, you know, it goes back to the assumptions, you know, you can't assume every guy is exactly the same as somebody else that did somebody wrong within the industry, because it is. But like, I also understand, like, there's that trust barrier, and there's nothing wrong with having a trust barrier, you know, boom. Uh, those are pretty much the stigmas that I, I, I see and face on a daily, on, not a daily basis, but, you know, on a recurring basis within this industry. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? Um, damn. Honestly? No. No. There's, um, uh, since I've been in the industry, there hasn't been any um, aspects where, oh, oh. This one is, um, but this one's a gamble, but there's an aspect of uh, people that cancel or flake on you last minute. I understand saying, like, I understand 48 hours, a week in advance, but literally the day of, and and it's it's not a legitimate, like, a legitimate reasoning for canceling, because sometimes people just don't, they just don't write you at all, and you just, you spent your money, you, wait, you waited there, and now, and now you're like, well, where is this person? This person ghosted me and never responded back to me. I've actually had that happen to me recently. Um, and I've actually have, have had it happen to me several times, but it's definitely actually been happening recently as well. Um, but, yeah, it's like, it's a, it, all in all, the best, way to, the, the best way to shorten it is saying, I hate people that aren't considerate of other people's time. Because if I'm considerate for your time, how come you can't be considerate for mine? You know, and it's just, it's consideration and time. Like, you know, like if I, if I have, if I know there's a problem coming or if I, if I blatantly just know I don't want to have, I don't want to do a shoot with somebody, I'll say, hey, listen, um, my apologies for canceling last minute or um, it's actually happened before. I was just like, hey, listen, I'm not comfortable with the shoot. Um, there are some aspects that, you know, we spoke about that I'm starting to realize, like, yeah, I'm really not that comfortable with. Um, so I, I'm going to have to cancel, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it because it's our body, our choice, but at least be, at least be considerate of the person's time, you know, let them, let them know in advance because letting them, like I said, even though I let the person know last minute, it's still like, damn, I wasn't considerate of their time, but I should have just said it in the beginning, like not in the beginning, but I should have just said it when my body and I got that gut feeling like, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't work with this person. 
But then you don't really, but I also have a problem with saying no to people, and that's something that I have to get past. Um, I really just like having to say no to somebody. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, people, uh, people that are inconsiderate of other people's time. As a black man in the industry, have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Um, have I? I don't feel like I have directly or, um, or, or obviously. If it's happened, I had to have been oblivious to it. But I do know that one time in my inbox, there was a performer, a brand new performer that that uh it seems like i mean i get it there are a lot of people out there that only work with uh you know quote unquote bbc's or big black cocks but it's cool it's cool when you say it you know like yeah um, i like to work with bbc's but when you come out and reach to me and just be like hey can you help me orchestrate a game bang with all bbc's and then like you just you use the word multiple times you don't have to continuously, you know, like after I already know what you're looking for, you don't have to continuously keep telling me, you know, the the the, the color of the person or the race. Like it's, you don't have to. And I feel like now you're kind of like fetishizing or fetishizing the race. Uh, there was a performer that was like that. She also said that she would never pay a male talent. And I'm just like, wow, that's also sexist. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, maybe she's not she's not racist or fetishizing, you know, fetishizing my skin complexion. But then I also saw a message from her to somebody else, and she was basically talking about hot Latino men. And I'm just like, all right, the wording there just seems like she's, like, fetishizing minorities. Because I'm like, that's, that's very specific. Very specific. It could just be me overthinking, but yeah. I think that's the only case where I felt like it was there. All right, let's shift away from the serious stuff, and let's okay. talk about your original content. Tell me and the listeners a bit about your OnlyFans. What type of content can the listeners expect to see, not just on your OnlyFans, but wherever your original content is distributed? Um, my original con well, right now I'm currently uh building a website. Um and Congratulations. I'm going to diverge. I'm gonna diverge from using OnlyFans because I have a lot of um I have a lot of very uh have outside content. I have uh, very different types of I have different types of content and for some reason OnlyFans has constantly just been giving me violations lately. And these are, like, videos from, like, years ago now. And I'm just like, well, why? I, you know what? All right, cool. Yeah, I give me these violations. It's time for me to go. It's time for me to go, you know? But that's a good thing because, honestly, I'm not reliant on OnlyFans money because I, I get my money from my mini clips. I predominantly focus on my mini vids. I make sure that I always update my mini vids clip store. So you can always go to my mini vids. Um, it's the Artemis Triple X dot minivids.com. You could always go there and watch my stuff. Actually, you could just do theartemistxxx.com, and it'll, that's my URL website link, so it'll go straight to my minivids until my website's up and running. Um, 
Yeah, you want to watch all my full scenes? You could go there and you could purchase them individually. Uh, you could buy my membership on Minivids and watch all of the videos that are in the membership, the same videos that are online uh, for one price for a month. Um, but, yeah, uh, OnlyFans, OnlyFans, I started gearing myself. Uh, OnlyFans, I allow early access to my scenes. So if I got a new scene that's coming out, before it goes up on Minivids, you can watch it early access on my OnlyFans. Um, and uh, I also put solos. I started putting solos on my mini vids, but I realized like it, I have so many boy girl scenes on there. You could you'll hardly rec, you'll hardly realize which ones are solos and which ones are boy girls. So I just gave up on putting solos on mini vids. Um, but you can definitely find all of my solos on my OnlyFans. You go to my OnlyFans. I have a I have a nice little setup on my OnlyFans where uh, you become uh, you become a subscriber you get a welcome message. The welcome message has a tutorial video of how to navigate through my OnlyFans. Like, it's literally a, a video recording move step-by-step step where you can scroll, like, it'll tell you to come to the page, scroll down the profile, you'll see different tabs. You click the tab that says All Scenes, and you can watch all the full versions of all the scenes that are available on my wall. Then you go to the next tab where it says All Solos. These are all the available solos on my wall that you can watch. Then it's purchasable and you can go to each video that isn't on my wall that's purchasable and and you know you can request it through my dms and i'll send it to you i'll sell it to you and etc um yeah um it's pretty organized um i try to update it as much as possible i usually update uh usually update once a week but i've been uh constantly getting flown out to different places so i haven't been able to update but I, two weeks ago, I updated with a new scene, so I'm about to update again with another new scene. So you'll get at least two new boy-girl scenes a month, and however many solos I ever have time with on my free time to throw out there, you know? But uh, you could definitely you could do that through my OnlyFans. I'm currently building my Fansly. So my Fansly, my fansly is definitely going to be, um, that's going to be another heavy hitter. My mini vids, my X videos. Uh, and my Pornhub, and my ex-hamster. And you can find all of these sites just by, you know, you can Google me, The Artemis, triple X, T-H-E-A-R-T-E-M-I-X-X-X, or The Artemis, triple X, T-H-E-A-R-T-E-M-I-S-X-X-X. Either way you spell it, I'll definitely pop up. Very nice. What type of content do you plan on adding in the future? Is there anything that you currently aren't doing? Any scene types that you aren't filming that you plan on adding into uh, the scene work that you do? Yes, I do. Um, some of them are top secret, and I don't want to. I don't want to reveal them. I actually just made a post about this recently on uh, Twitter. And I was, because somebody was asking me a question about the type of content, and I was just like, um, I don't do that type of content yet, but I'm actually planning to. And um, they were just like, oh, well, why don't you just do it now? And I'm just like, because I have a plan and I have a schedule. I, along with my ADHD, I do have OCD, which um, is, like, really hard and uh, in cahoots with my ADHD. So I'm like, if I have a schedule that I'm going to follow, so please do not to try to deter me from my schedule because I'm, I'm not going to deter from my schedule because once I deter from my schedule, it fucks up my processing and my thinking and my focus, and now I have to replan around it. 
And if you try to tell me how to replan around my own my own schedule for uh, when I'm going to start doing stuff, then my mind shuts down, and I'm just like overloaded, and I will like I will really like mentally shut you out while you're talking, and I'm just like okay until they stop talking. They're like, were you listening? I'm just like, no, I wasn't listening, and they'll usually get upset about it, and I'm just like, it's not your I mean it 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 is your fault, but I'm trying to tell you like. I have a plan, like, just let me follow my plan because I know how my plan is going to work and how it should work because when I make a plan, I'm not only thinking about the plan itself, but I'm always thinking about the possibilities and probabilities that will throw a monkey wrench into the game. So if that happens, then I can also do this because this is plan B, and if this happens, I can do this as plan B. But if you're constantly telling me, telling me opposite of what I should do, and, or how soon I should do something. Now, what you're doing is you're putting a seed in my mind. And mind you, like I said, I have ADHD. And what can happen is eventually that that seed that you planted in my head, I can't remember if that was my idea or your idea because I already had something in my mind. So I just be like, yeah, just just, just don't tell me. Just leave, just just let me do what I need to do because it's me. And that's just me being straightforward and, and real with y'all right now because. I usually don't be this real with people, but like I said, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I'm an open book. But, um, yeah, I do have content. I do have content in, um, in styles and genres that I'm going to be dabbling in, but I'm not going to say them on the pod because they are top secret right now. And um, it's going to be amazing when they do come out and they drop, and it's going to blow a lot of people's minds. And um, I will say one project that um, – that, I'll say one out of them, and that's um, I'm starting uh, all PP. Uh, I said PP. Uh, all uh, all POP a uh, POV page under my company brand, Divine Pipeline, and it's gonna be called. It's called. Um, it's either Pipeline POVs or Divine POVs. I'm thinking about doing Divine POVs, um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, it's Divine POVs because I already thought about the logo. I already thought about what the logo looks like for the POV part, so. It's either Pipeline or, Div- or Divine that I was going to do in front of it. But I'm thinking about it now. It's definitely going to be Divine because my whole image with Divine Pipeline is, like, you know, is uh, clean, pristine, monogram looking and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, the POV site coming from there is um, I have bought custom sheets for Divine Pipeline. I have bought custom uh, pillows for it. I have bought a nice big neon sign. I actually renovated, well, not renovated. Yeah, it's renovations because I'm actually getting the wall painted and done stuff like that. Renovated my bedroom in my apartment to be able to shoot these POVs. I bought extra equipment like um, like uh, uh, boom arms, boom arms and heavy-duty C-stands so that I could do the POV shots and stuff like that and not have to worry about holding the camera. And the big neon scene, and our, like it's, it's going to be a great POV experience. Great POV experience, and um, it's gonna be dope. Very nice. All that's right, one, that's one. Mm-hmm. That's just one concept. So there's other stuff yeah, that's, that's gonna be coming, and I completely respect and understand that you do not want to announce it just yet. But uh, I don't know. Maybe in another interview in the future, we can discuss all the goodies that you're gonna be adding. Oh, trust me. Yeah, it's it's it's. It, it, I'm telling you, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a head turner. It's going to be like, oh, shit. Why did not see this coming? Trust me. I love it. I love the excitement. What part of your body gets the most attention on social media? 
My ass. My ass. That's that's hands down. That's the first thing people always talk about my ass. Always talk about my ass. My gay fans, my um my straight my straight women fans, they all talk about my ass. Um, that's definitely it. Uh second would be my nipples. Well, honestly, no. Third would be my no, second would be my dick, third would be my nipples. But yeah. Let's talk about your weight loss because you referenced it at the start of the interview. You've lost uh what is it, like about thirty pounds? Yeah. Yeah. What brought on the weight loss journey? Uh was it something that you always wanted to do? Let's talk about it because that is that's a huge uh, drop. So major props to you for making the right life changes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, um, before I started porn, like I, I used to dance, obviously, because you know, being an instructor and whatnot, I danced every day because I had to teach every day. So I was fit, and I think back then my weight was only 216. So you know. COVID, gained on more weight. I started getting bigger and bloated. But I also did parkour, you know, parkour and free running, gymnastics, stuff like that. And um, I was a big dude moving around like a skinny dude. And people were just like, yeah, that's amazing. And what happened was, you know, I got into porn. Uh, pandemic happened. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go outside because, you know, pandemic. I couldn't go to the gyms because, you know, pandemic and um, again, I ended up gaining mad weight, and I was just like, yo, I don't like this for myself. So recently what happened was I told to myself, I was like, yo, I've generated and recorded enough content for me to really not have to collab with people. If I end up collabing with somebody, it's because I really wanted to collab with them. I'm not, I, I don't have to go out of my way to collab with people unless I really want to collab with them. So because of all the content that I have, it gives me a little bit more free time at home to go back to what I love doing. So me and my best friend, we uh, we practice dancing at his house in his dance studio every Wednesday, every Thursday. Um, I went back to doing parkour uh, briefly because, you know, it was hot outside and it was the summer. And then the winter comes back around and I can't. I can only do it inside the gym, but I wasn't. I wasn't vaccinated, so they wouldn't let me in the gyms. But now, you know, shit's changed, so now I could go back to the gyms. But I haven't gone back to the gyms because I said to myself, starting spring, I'm going to start training outside again anyway. So that's pretty much what it is. It's me getting back to that happy point in my life where I was doing parkour and everything. Because, honestly, that was truly my, the happiest point in my life when I was, I was always active, always doing something. So I guess, you know, I guess, I guess you could say, you know, uh, COVID weight, depression weight, <laughs> and now it's like I'm I'm losing that weight because I'm in a place where I'm I'm in a happy place. I'm in a I'm in um a body positive place, and I'm I'm going back to what I used to do. Very nice. All right, now it's time for the big question. A question I'm sure a lot of your fans and supporters might be curious to know: How much is Artemis okay. packing? I am eight inches, right? So on a good day, it's eight point five. I'm not gonna lie. But, um, yeah, I'm eight inches in length, and I'm three inches thick, and that's, like, round thick. Um, when I first came into the industry, uh, Rick, Rick Nasty, uh, Nasty Media Group, he labeled me as the beer can BBC, right? Because it's as thick, I wouldn't say a beer can, but it's as thick, it's as thick as, um, it's as thick as either a 12-ounce 
a 12-ounce Monster or a, or a 12-ounce Red Bull. But it's thick. Like, it's it, it's, it's a lot of good. Um, and 8 inches is long enough for me to do whatever I want. And if I'm really turned on and hard, I get an extra, I get that extra 8.5 in, and I'm, um, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm hitting cervixes and, and, and knocking out cups. <laughs> there you go. It gets, it gets that extra oomph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the oomph, let's talk about the pop shot, the money shot. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent load for the camera? Um, honestly, once I get into doggy style, I get so riled up that it doesn't matter how many times I pop that day, my balls get full because she's bent over and popped up and I'm 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 hitting it. Um I'm a shooter. Uh whenever I pull out, there's a I, I actually squeeze my head so that nothing comes out 'cause while while she's turning around while she's turning around to catch the nut, I'm squeezing my head and jerking back a little bit, like, you know, to keep that nut coming up. But all that nut is building up behind behind that squeeze, and the moment the moment I I let loose and pull my skin back, and just that first breath, that that shot fires far, and it'd be it'd be a lot of nut, and then I'll keep jerking and more nut just keep coming out, and um, yeah, that's usually the little trick I do to uh, to to shoot to shoot as far as I usually do. Even without it, though, I'd be shooting far, but fuck. Yeah, that, that that first shot is always massive, and I always be like, yo, you gotta aim your head up a little bit because it's gonna go over your head. But it'd be a big load, so the camera be catching it and seeing it anyway. But yeah, um, I eat, I eat a lot of antioxidants and stuff like you know pomegranates, uh, broccoli, kale. Um, uh, I, I do I do have a healthy diet when I'm eating. Um, I stopped doing red meat. Well, I stopped doing pork. I do I do red meat still now, but um, I only do it once a day because red meat is heavy and it stays in the system for a while. And like I said, I, I've lost weight, so I'm not trying to keep that weight coming back. Um, but like a little bit of meat in the morning usually helps because you know I need the zinc. There's other ways to get zinc. You know, eating nuts, cashews, almonds, uh, pistachios. Uh, dark chocolate is a good antioxidant. It has some zinc in it or whatever. Um, you could do zinc supplements like zinc pills or whatnot. I don't like doing. I don't like pills because I just, oh, I hate it when it goes down. Um, but yeah, you you know, I, I do. I, I I try to go the natural route. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Artemis. <laughs> um, something oh unique. Uh quirky about me um i do this weird trick that makes everybody laugh won't do it and it's um oh i'm gonna gonna give you two this is is gonna one is gonna both of them are gonna make me look weird but this one is um girls love this trick i don't know why it's hilarious to them but my um my dick is big enough so that you know guys do that trick where they flop their dick up and down up and down or whatever i can have i can have my dick slap my chest and then it'll drop so fast that it'll it'll go between my legs, and I'll close my thighs, and it'll look like I'm tucking my penis into a vagina. And I do it with no hands in one motion, and everybody's just like, what the hell? 
and they'll just laugh, and they'll be like, that's crazy, do it again. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a little dumb party trick that um, I just le- I learned how to do by myself out of nowhere. Um, another one, I, I actually did this one. I actually did this one because my fans like it. Uh, my LGBTQ fans like it. But I took, because like I said, everybody talks about my butt. So I learned how to make my ass clap. And I and me, I'm not gonna lie. Doing those videos sell me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, definitely with my, uh, definitely with my LGBTQ fans. And shout out to y'all. I really appreciate y'all for supporting me. Um, even the even some of the even some of my straight female uh, cisgender female friends too, uh, or fans. They um they like it too. They're just like, yo, your ass is mad fat, and I'm just like. Yeah, and some people say, you know, your ass is shot than mine. I wish you can give me some. And I, you know, it's jokes and whatever. But I, 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 I'm, I'm a comedian, man. I like, I, I like to make people laugh. So those are little, those are little quirky things I, I, I taught myself that most people would be like, that's, that should be. But it's like, nigga, come on, we, you a guy in this industry, you know, you know who your real fans are. Like, why you, why you not trying to do things to gear towards them? Sometimes, I mean, some guys obviously they like they like to see the guys in a manly position, but you know, you got to be able to transition between back and forth. You know, you got to be able to you got to be able to be quirky, funny. You got to be able to do things to uh, to please your fans, and you also got to be able to do that. You know, you, you could be that hard that hard body, super you know, super masculine men. But we don't want you. But nobody wants toxic. No, nobody wants toxic masculinity. Nobody wants that. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Damn, ten words or less. Um, respectful, passionate, goofy, intellectual, creative, and determined. Yeah. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, bam. Got you right now. Uh, Teen Wolf. (laughs) That's number one on my list at all times. (laughs) Um, I'm a big werewolf fan. Big werewolf fan. Artemis... um, because the name Artemis or whatever, you know, goddess of the hunt and whatnot. One of her animals was a wolf, so also why I resonated with her. Um, Artemis, uh, so Teen Wolf is one. Um, shows that I used to watch all the time. Uh, Teen Wolf, uh, anime-wise, would be Air Gear, uh, Hitman Reborn. These are animes. Um, oh, what was the other shows that I used to watch? I used to watch these shows, faithfully. American Horror Story, um... And uh, the fifth one, the fifth, oh, my God. And Power Rangers. I'm a huge Power Rangers fanatic. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Kid Cudi's at the top of the list. He'll always be at the top of my list. Kid Cudi's been my favorite artist since he's ever came out. I was a fan of him before he even blew up when he was making songs on a website called iBeam, right? Um, me and him, I resonate with him because, you know, we pretty much grew up the same way, you know, um, he had a sister, you know, he had a brother, and uh, his dad passed away. So it was just like, you feel me? Like, I always resonated with him. Because when he, put, when he made the song Soundtrack to My Life, 
and he, that that song was literally like the soundtrack to my life. It explained everything. Like ever since my dad, been, ever since my dad died, I haven't been right since. So Kid Cudi's always gonna be the top on my list. Always resonate with him. Always will be a fan. Kid Cudi, um, another one of my artists would be um, shoot uh, that I always listen to. So we got Kid Cudi. He'll always be up there. I listen to Kanye. Um, <laughs> uh, I listen to Tribe Called Quest. Well, does that count? Because it's a whole group. It counts, yes. Okay, so we got Tribe, then we got Wu-Tang, and um, a fourth person that I always listen to. A fourth person that I always listen to, that I'm like, like I'll go hard body for, that I listen to them. Oh, Zach Fox. Yeah. What are three of your most favorite films? I feel like if I name some of these, people are going <laughs> to, people are going <laughs> to, here's a, here's a security question, you know that, right? Like, <laughs> security questions. Um, <laughs> need to get into your, inf- your, your information with these. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas is, is my, is my number one favorite movie of all time. What? My second favorite Very movie. Very nice. Yeah, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, I know, I know the ins and outs, I know parts of, parts of the story that people didn't even know. I mean, people don't even know that Jack and Sally had kids. And it was five years later, and there's a lot because people didn't. Uh, there was a whole auto book uh, that came with the uh, that came with the DVD and the collector's edition, and Vincent Price was voicing it over, telling the story of Jack and the kids and stuff. So, listen, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, definitely uh, my number one favorite movie. My second, uh, my second number two favorite movie of all time is Romeo Plus. Uh, uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo Plus Juliet. That is the one where Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. played uh, Romeo. Um, that is my second movie, and my third movie of all time that I can always watch is called Rock-A-Doodle. Not Rock-A-Doodle. Rock-A-Doodle! That is a throwback. That is like a yes. deep-cut throwback for millennials out there. Yo, man, yes. listen, what? It sounds bad, but my favorite character in the entire movie was the Duke. It was the Duke. Like, I really like the Duke's character. And I, I could quote that movie back, like, verbatim. All right, now. What are two foods you can't live without? Ooh, cheese and cheese and bologna. And what weirdly, is one of your we, guilt? Yeah. Oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was like, yeah, weirdly bologna. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a household thing when I was a kid, so, yeah. But cheese, I love cheese. I can't live without cheese, honestly. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Um, ooh, one of my guilty pleasures. I would say, I would say it would be ice cream. It would be ice cream. It would be any, like, cheese and ice cream because I'm not supposed to have them because I'm lactose intolerant. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's a dangerous thing to eat. I'm pushing myself (laughs) Yeah, you get you get the gurgles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's your uh, flavor of choice for ice cream? Uh, it's either cookies or cream or caramel. Oh, okay. All right. Please don't care. Yes, you have to take a pill before you start eating the ice cream. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, yes. I'm definitely taking. Um, uh, what the fuck was the ones I took? They were, there were these white pills. Um, not Ducalax. That's to make you poop. Um, <laughs> um, or what don't, t- don't eat that one. Damn, uh, what were they called? They're, 
I can't remember. Lactose, I'm not lactose intolerant, but I know that the lactose intolerant people, they take a little pill and then the, the lactose yeah. slides through the system and doesn't disrupt. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the name of the pill was, but I used to take them. What are you currently binging? Are you binge watching anything? I was recently binge watching this show called Wolfpack. Um, it was oh, the yes. creator of uh, it was the creator of Team Wolf. Uh, Team Wolf ended, I think, officially six years ago, or whatever. And then you know, they, just, they just put out a movie. But at the same time that they put out a movie, Jeff Davis, the creator of Team Wolf, put out a new show called Wolfpack. And you know what? This this may make us take things a little further into depth into depth with me and why I like creativity. But um, when uh, when Wolf when Team Wolf first came out, I like I said I. I've always liked being creative. So I had a web series called uh, The Lupus Day where I was a werewolf myself, and it was on YouTube, and we only put out the pilot episode, but, you know, shit happened because of, like, you know, uh, inconsistent actors and stuff like that. But, yeah, like, I did the, like, the camera work, the shots, everything, the music, all of that. I did all of that. And, um, yeah, uh, some of the ideas that I had, for team, uh, the for the Lupus Day, Jeff Davis ended up doing in later seasons of Teen Wolf. After I had already had the ideas written down, and I'm just like, damn, I can't do these anymore now. But the funny thing about it is, it's like in my head, all I could think of is at least I know I was on the right track. Because if I had these ideas first, then then they definitely would have been successful. So I can't doubt myself because now I know that I know I have that capability to put out heavy hitting stuff. So anyway, he made, uh, you know, after Team Wolf ended, people have been craving for something new, so he made Wolfpack. And it's crazy because I was watching the last episode of Wolfpack the other day, and I was also thinking, before Wolfpack came out, I was thinking, yo, I, I'm going to re, I'm going to re-bring, I'm going to bring back my Lupus Day show to a more modern time so that I can, I can still portray that idea. Because now I have plenty of equipment, I have plenty of money because of the porn to back up my uh, my endeavor that's outside of porn because I also bought a character into porn because like I said I'm not a, I'm not an aggressive dude but I know people want to see me aggressive so I created my own persona called the Big Bad Wolf and um, I, that's when I put my I put my wolf contacts in my uh, my forebrow prosthetic my fang and I portray the Big Bad Wolf in certain scenes and basically. Uh, in these scenes, you know, I, I get that full cinematic effect for people, and then obviously it leads into sex. But I want to go back into the Lupus Day thing because um, I want to be able to do stuff that are outside of sex and, you know, get into another another uh, another lane or avenue of work. Um, thing is, I had a, I had rewritten the Lupus Day script, and I wrote a part where the main character has an anxiety attack because his previous pack died. And because his previous pack died and he's having this anxiety attack, he's looking in the mirror with pills in his hand in the bathroom on the sink. And I was just like, that was, I ripped that out and everything. Now, mind you, that was written two years ago. I watched the, the last episode of Wolfpack yesterday, and what happens in, the fi in one of the final scenes? The main character is in a bathroom having an anxiety attack over the sink with pills in his hand. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Me and Jeff Davis have the same fucking mind. And I'm just, yeah, so I've been, like, you know, binge-watching Wolfpack. Um, I, I hope they make a season two. What's next for Artemis? What's coming up? Uh, we're still, you know, at the start of 2023, so what do you have planned for the rest of the year? I know that you referenced an official website, right? Is there a timetable yeah. for that? 
Um, we should be launching by 2024. Very be. nice. Um, we should be launching by 2024. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more shoots for my company, Divine Pipeline. Uh, I will be, I will be uh, a little bit withdrawn from traveling for um, conventions this year because I spent so much money on conventions last year. I might have a booth at New Jersey Exotica this year, but um, the only conventions that I'll technically be at this year was Avian in the beginning of the year. Definitely had to make Avian. Um, I'm going to Exbiz Miami in May. So, you know, if you want to work with me, you can uh, reach out to me while I'm there. And uh, and then I'm going to also do Exotica, New Jersey. I usually do Exotica, New, uh, Miami, but if I'm doing Miami for Exbiz, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it for – I mean, if I'm doing Exbiz, I'm not going to do Exotica, Miami. So, yeah, there. So you know, those are the three conventions that I'll be at this year. That allows me to stay home, save money, rack up, and do what I need to do. Um, over the summer, I'm going to be putting together a content event um, in New York because there hasn't really been an actual full, a full-scale, like, grandiose content house in New York that I know of. So I'm going to do one in New York. I'm getting some heavy hitters, hopefully some heavy hitters from New York to be there too. That's going to be happening towards the summer. Um, those, are, those are my projects that I have. Oh, shout-out to Beast and Kitty. Triple X, shout out to them on Twitter. Uh, we're they're gonna definitely um, Beast of Beast and Kitty. Is, we're we're actually uh, collaborating together for this content event. Also, Dick HD Daily, also known as Rich Honey uh, uh, HD, or um, uh, I forgot what his other name is, but Dick Daily HD. That's that's one of my best friends in the industry, man. <laughs> man, we can't get we can't put us together. We too we too much. But um, he's also going to be a part of that project or whatnot. And uh, we're, we're going to try and do some big things for New York. We got some stuff planned. We got some stuff planned. Like I told you, I told you, I got a lot, I got a lot, I got a lot coming up that I can't disclose, you know, because it, it, it's private right now. But mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of the stuff that we got coming, a lot of stuff I got coming and they got coming, you know, both of us and all three of us in our individual lanes, we got some shit coming. We got stuff like I, we got we keep your eye on us guys. I love the sound of that. Chapter. Very nice. It sounds like it's going to be a hot 2023 for Artemis, yes, etc. Yeah. Very yes, nice. Yes. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, your content, all of the important information that the listeners should have? It's your chance to deliver it directly to them right now. Or oh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, the Artemis Triple X uh, with a two at the end. T-H-E-A-R-T-E-M-I-X-X-X, number two. You can also find me on Twitter at the Artemis Triple X VIP, T-H-E-A-R-T-E-M-I-X-X-X, VIP. You can find me on, uh, you can find me on Instagram, the Artemis, uh, the Artemis 2Xs instead of three because, you know, Instagram don't let you put three Xs. Official, you can find me there. Or I'll make things a lot more easier for y'all right now, right? You can follow you can follow my uh you can follow my URL the Artemis Triple X World T H E A R T E M I X X X W O R L D dot com. You can go to that website and you'll get all my links. So you can so you can click all the links and find everything you need to find there. Or you can just go straight to my uh my uh, clip site at theartemistriplex.com, T-H-E-A-R-T-E-M-I-X-X-X.com. Perfect. 
Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I love y'all. Uh, I'm happy for y'all to be there for me and support me through everything that I've been doing because a lot of y'all definitely have been riding and been consistent even when I was having my trials and tribulations and family issues and, and losses in my life. Y'all have definitely been there, and I always appreciate y'all. That's why I always give y'all y'all respects, and I always give y'all y'all discounts because y'all been there. Y'all day one. I respect y'all. I love y'all. All my friends in the industry, shout out to y'all. Shout out to More Entertainment, Marley. Shout out to Mr. Nuts. Shout out to um, shout out to uh, Black Money. Or I'm sorry, not even Black Money anymore. Digital Climax. Shout out to Peter King. Uh, shout out to everybody in New York. You feel me? I, shout, I love y'all. That really helped me out you know i started i started off and i got where i got on my own but then y'all helped me with the rest of the way so that's something that you know a lot of people aren't proud to do people be like i got here all on my own well that's not always true i got to where i got in the beginning on my own and then y'all helped me get even further and that's what it is you know i always respect y'all for helping me always to um Oh, I respect the I respect the title Golden Boy in New York. I respect the most reliable poster boy male talents in New York. I respect all that. Thank y'all again, man. Well, Artemis, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Thanks. I thank you. You're welcome. Definitely got to thank you. I got to shout you out, man. You are de- you definitely definitely been one of a great supporter ever since I came onto the scene. Like always, always out there retweeting. Um, I love it, man. I love it. I definitely respect you. I appreciate you and everything you do, man. You're welcome. I mean, you know, game recognize game. You know, I, I recognize the talent, and uh, I'm really so glad that great things have been happening for you in the business. So certainly every shout-out was well-deserved. And uh, honestly, the door is open for more. You know, whenever you want to come back to share some updates with the listeners and the fans, you're more than welcome to. You have an open invite. Definitely. I'll definitely, I'll definitely use that. Perfect. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Papi Chulo, Visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at poppychulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash poppychularadio. Do you have any questions? Suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Artemis and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, everybody. Let's go. Back.
Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.